Hello and welcome to Talking Europe. This week we launch a series of programmes in the run-up to the European elections. We will be taking a closer look at a specific country or group of member states to determine what makes voters tick. Now let's start with the Eurozone's largest economy, Germany, with its strong industry, a population of 84 million and 96 seats at the European Parliament, the country is a leading political and economic force in the EU. But it is also facing a crisis. Germany is in recession. GDP dropped 0.3% in 2023. In turn, fear has kicked in with many voters blaming the EU for its regulations and the AFD far-right party floating the idea of Dexit and rising in the polls. So, can the German economy recover? And what impact does, it, does its shrinking economy have on the rest of the Union? And how does this situation affect votes? Let's find out with our two guests. Michel Geller, hello, welcome to the programme. Uh, you are an MEP and a member of the European People's Party. Uh, that's allied with the CDU, CDU which is a, a right-wing party in Germany. Welcome to the programme. And we are with Daniel Freund. Uh, you are a member of the Green Alliance here, Die Grünen in German. And, uh, well, both of you are from Germany. Now, the first question I'd like to ask you is, how worried should we be in the face of this recession? I'd like to start, Mr. Gallo. Well, uh, if we see that uh, Germany is more or less the only country in recession, uh, there must be some aspect of homemade uh, cause. And uh, we should, in this regard, then uh, adapt to the needs and uh, assess fairly uh, where that comes from. And uh, as far as EU legislation or practice is concerned, I am very much in favour that we uh, implement EU legislation one-to-one -one and do no extra German gold plating or afford another extra agenda to make life difficult for uh, our industry. How about you? What, what do you think? Do you think this is just a passing moment? Uh, some people were saying that Germany is the sick man of Europe, but here someone said it's just a tired man who needs a coffee. So is it structural or conjunctural? Well, I think what we're, what we're seeing at the moment are still the effects from the Russian invasion in Ukraine and the huge energy dependency that Germany had on, on Russian fossil fuels, which we managed to get out of in record time. But obviously, an industry that depended on, on cheap gas, on, on cheap electricity prices due to Russian gas, has, has to adapt to, to a new situation. I, I think we, we have done really quite a lot in, in, in the last two years to manage that. When other people said the lights will go out, the, the electricity prices will go through the roof, all this is back to pre-war levels now. We have record uh, building of renewable energies in Germany now. So I think that we only have a recession of 0.3% given these challenges is, uh, is a pretty good result. How about you, Mr. Geller? Do you believe that the German model can survive to rising energy costs? I mean, was, it was in great part based on cheap Russian gas, no? Well, not only. I mean, we, we also stepped out of uh, nuclear energy, and I admit uh, my party was uh, part of that uh, deal uh, at the time. I think uh, if at all, and we all share the the climate goals, we should have perhaps stepped out of coal first and then out of nuclear energy and not the other way around. Now the reality is that we are importing French nuclear and, and no, Polish coal uh, electricity. Yeah? Nope. So that's 
but that's where we are. Uh, but actually, the costs are too high. We are on the brink of being deindustrialized. There are too many who simply leave the country. The one aspect is the overboarding additional German bureaucracy, and the other aspect is that we are simply too expensive or too difficult also in, in, in some legislation. So when parts of BioNTech go to Britain because they can better have better research conditions, it's us who have to uh, consider uh, what we are doing wrong. But when it comes to, I mean, the whole model is based on heavy industry, or at least industry. And I mean, for example, has, has Germany been able to, to take this, uh, has, has it digitalized itself, the economy? Uh, are there startups, AI? Where do we stand when it comes to that? Is Germany doing enough uh, to, within this new digitalized world? What do you think? I mean, basically, we're, we're the laggard in, in Europe on that. If you look at yeah. how much of our administration has been digitalized, if you look at how, you know, our companies are leading in digital fields. I mean, we have one company that has done well on, on this with SAP, mm. uh, but pretty much the rest of, of, of our economy has missed uh, the Internet to, to a certain extent. And when you look at the basic infrastructure, mobile phone reception, uh, Internet speeds uh, in, in people's homes or also for companies, uh, there, there have been strategic mistakes over, over many years that today make uh, that, that our infrastructure is lagging behind. And we see it in some of our core industries as well. If you look at, you know, the car industry is, is the, the most important industry we have in Germany. Yeah. And, and there as well, companies have missed to some degree the, the digital aspect, but also the switch to, to electric vehicles for too long fighting for the combustion engine and thinking that they can still milk uh, that old machine. And now we're seeing that they're being put under pressure by, by Tesla and the Chinese car makers. Yeah, but you're talking about the Chinese car makers because this is a question I wanted to ask you both. Of course, you think German industry, I mean, it's an obvious thing for most people around the world. You think, you know, BMW, Mercedes, Volkswagen. And we are seeing that, you know, the pre-pandemic, Pre-pandemic, Germany in 2019 exported five times more cars than China did. Now that trend has inverted. It's now China exporting more cars than Germany. Is it possible now, do you believe it's possible to catch up or to manage to reverse that trend or is it too late? Does Germany miss that boat? I don't think we have missed it. But it demands, in, in lots of areas now, it demands a huge effort. It demands investment on the corporate side, obviously. But I think it demands investment also on, on the public side. And I think in that situation where we're, where we're realizing that we're losing the competition in, in, in the industries of the future, all those industries, renewable energies, electric vehicles, were, were, were being outsmarted by the Americans and by the Chinese, if we just look and let it happen, then I think Germany will lose this, this competition. But if we make smart investments, if both companies and the state invest and, and help each other in this transformation, then I think there's a chance for us to, to find our place. Think, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think, uh, but if we at the same time are not uh, pushing a development that is technology open, if we force out of combustion technology, the Chinese will continue to use it and further develop it. But we are getting out. And then we are surprised that we are even at short notice uh, uh, more dependent on, 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 on Chinese technology. I think there is, uh, if we mean it with uh, not uh, disengagement, but uh, de-risking, de yeah? Uh, with China, we, we should be more technology open and not for ideological reasons uh, step out of certain technologies, which we have done and added to our specific uh, difficulties.
So we're coming up to the European election, uh, and we've been seeing, I mean, it does appear that in the face of this economic downturn, uh, you know, a lot of Germans are, are uh, you know, maybe asking themselves the question, whereas is the EU, um, you know, an advantage or a liability uh, for Germany? Uh, you know, we remember when there was the Greek crisis, people thought, thought Germany was the biggest economy, was footing the bill for other countries. Um, now, some people say that there's too much regulation. How do you feel about this? What can, EU, what can the EU do for Germany? I'll ask you first. Well, uh, the EU provides, well, not only the, the basic principles that we have uh, peace and prosperity in Europe, uh, it provides a, a single market for us. Uh, it provides uh, legal security and in, in all respects, uh, with all aspects, this is the best idea that Europeans ever had as, and, and also for Germans, the re-entry ticket at the time after the war uh, into the community of civilized nations. And that is uh, that we must and shall uh, make very clear. And I think perhaps in the election, uh, in election time, we should be ma making very clear that there are there is competition between the different parties. Mm. But there is one party that is out of this, uh, shall I say, European uh, Maastricht coalition. That is the, the AFD. AFD. There, it's there, there, there is one party yeah. where we should all agree they are the ones who are, well, spoilers is too, too harmless. They are really uh, threatening to overturn this pro European peace project. They are back on the way to the past. Uh, they are Putin friends. They are really the ones... But do you think, do you think this, this economic downturn helps AFD, for example? I mean, they're no, talking about no, Dexit now. No, no, uh, it's ridiculous. And in this regard, uh, they will not gain on this grounds. What we, I think, I'm, I'm afraid, uh, uh, the, the, they will make especially the migration issue a major issue. And uh, in this regard, we, as mainstream, we have to deliver. I'm happy that we have this uh, compromise reached uh, on, the, on the European level. Uh, it will not help tremendously, but at least it might turn around the tendency uh, um, of, of, of ever overloading, uh, of stopping the overload, the overcharge of especially the local authorities who have to host the people. At the end, all politics mm. is local, and that means in these circumstances, people are arriving and have to be hosted and cared mm. for. And we cannot, so we must take measures and uh, not leave it to yeah. the extremists uh, to profit. Mr. Freund, now we have very little time left, but AFD is now polling at more than 20% in pretty much Maybe all polls. polls. are under, but yes. Well, maybe just under, but pretty close, and they could double their, their number of seats with these elections. Um, your, part of the, your party is part of the coalition power in Germany. Uh, do you think they're gaining momentum at the moment because of this economic situation? I think there's a whole host of reasons. Um, there's people believing in, in very simple answers. There is uh, an increasing share of fake news and uh, propaganda online, people in filter bubbles and, and social media. Um, there are also people that have, they're, they're afraid that they're losing their place in, in, in society. The, the actual economic numbers you, you have to look at and you know, I mean, the German economy, if you look at GDP per capita, we're one mm. of the, the richest countries in the yeah. world, uh, saying that, that people are not doing well, I, I, I think yeah, is, an, ex is, is, is well, an exaggeration. And in, in that situation, I mean, we have a recession right now where the government is working to, to change that, to bring back growth in the future with smart investment in the, in the right industries of the future. But 
saying now that we're going to leave the European Union out of, the, uh, out of that reason is the exact wrong answer to, to any economic challenge we, we might have at the moment. The most, that, so, the most yeah. unpatriotic approach. Yeah. Well, we've understood <laughs> Germany must not leave the European Union, of course. Thank you very much and thank you uh, for watching this episode of Talking Europe.